0: You are listening to the Anna Brandt Podcast for the year 2021. Anna Brandt has been a professional photographer for over 20 years and has taught worldwide in over 32 countries. She took a break from podcasting this past year, but she is back now better than ever ready to inspire and motivate you. My name is Ava Brandt and I am happy to welcome you to my mom's podcast channel. We hope you subscribe and stick around. Today, we're going to be talking about client management and expectations. Look, being a business owner is not easy. Whether you're running a teeny tiny small business or a huge empire, we've all had situations on both sides where we've fallen short of expectations. Maybe you expected a particular service from a company and they just didn't deliver and you're frustrated and you're upset. Or maybe you have a customer that is frustrated or upset. Nope business is going to be perfect. No customer service will be 100%. We all love stars and ratings, but even those with perfect 5.0 star rating, I'm pretty sure we could still find someone who maybe has been disappointed with that service if we dig a little bit deeper. And so we have to understand that we're human beings. We're not perfect. There's no business and no system that is perfect. I think from both sides, we all need a little bit of grace and patience from time to time. Now, there is times where we are patient and we do have grace and things still aren't being handled the way they should be. And this goes from both sides, whether it's the business owner or the customer. I mean, how many times have you been disappointed with a particular service or a business and you think, oh, I wish they did this or they could have done this better and then flip it to the other side? How many times did you think that you as a business owner did everything you humanly possibly could, but yet you still had a dissatisfied customer? There's so many different reasons for this. And so sometimes it's just not a good match. Maybe the customer that you have is not a good match for you for whatever reason. And you may figure that out. They may figure that out. You may part ways, never see each other again, and that's okay. But maybe you've done all you can do and maybe your customer is still wanting or expecting too much. What do you do then? So a lot of it is, communication, managing, setting expectations, but also sticking true to your word and standing behind your work. As a photographer for 22 years, I can tell you I've had a lot of situations where I wasn't perfect, a lot of situations where maybe I fell short of a client's expectations. Maybe I promised in order to be ready by a certain date and it wasn't whether it's my fault or not, maybe it wasn't my fault, but it was the vendor fault, but I've still got to take the blame because it's my business. And I can sit here and say, oh, but the vendor this or UPS this or FedEx that. And at the end of the day, the customer doesn't want to hear that, right? They just want to hear you say, I'm so sorry, and find a way that you can make them feel better, get them their purchase, get them their delivery, make it right, right? Many times people just want an, I'm sorry. They don't want the Yes, but fill in the blank. Yes, but my child was sick. I was sick. I had a fever. You know, I ran out of gas. You know, there's a million reasons why things happen. And we want to be so quick to defend because we want to say, listen, I'm, you know, a strong business person. I run my business to the best of my ability. I do everything I can, but sometimes situations are out of our control, right? So then when something is not meeting a client's expectation, let's say it's an order that they're waiting for it to be delivered and it's truly not your fault. Doesn't really matter. The client just wants to hear, I'm so sorry, and they want a solution for it. When you start rattling off the list of reasons why the package wasn't delivered, they just start tuning you out, right? And maybe it's true. It's happened to me many, 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 many times where the package was lost. The package was delivered to the wrong customer. The package came broken. It came damaged. Maybe I ordered the wrong size. I mean, you know, many times it's my fault, and many times it's the vendor that I'm dealing with. But at the end of the day, if there's anything I've learned after all these years is the customer doesn't want to hear that. They want to hear, I'm so sorry. And then they want a solution with how I can fix it. And that can go in relationships. If you hurt somebody or, or they hurt you many times, people don't want an explanation. They just want an, I'm sorry, right? Well, what if you say, I'm sorry, and that's still not good enough, right? That's where situations come across where you, apologize or you try to make it right and the customer is still not satisfied. There's times where you have to call it and say, you know what? I've done everything I can. I've stood behind my work. I've said and done everything that I've promised. And if you're still not happy, it may be time for you to find another photographer, another vendor that can make you happy. There's nothing wrong with saying that. If you feel that you've done everything in your ability and as a business owner that you should legally and responsibly do. There are times where you just may need to, you know, cut ties and that's okay. That's okay. Not every client is meant for every business. And I say this as a consumer and I say this as a business. But there's a couple of things that I've seen along the way that I think can help. And there's some things that I've learned from my own experience that I think can also help. So let's talk about some very basic things. And let's, we're going to start with customer contact and customer communication. Now, I'm a photographer. Obviously, my podcast is based on my own business photography experiences, but I'm also a consumer and I'm also a mother. I teach and mentor photographers all around the world. And many times I'll go to a photographer's website that I'm going to be teaching or let's say I'm mentoring them. I do a lot of Skype mentoring and I'll go to their website while I'm mentoring them to talk to them. One of the first things I'll do is I'll go to the contact page and I'll go there. And many times there's no address. There's no physical address. Many times there's not a telephone number. And many times there's not even an email. There's just a contact form. Now I can tell you from experience that many clients have told me that they've reached out to 10 photographers and I was the only one that called them back. They can say that they've submitted forms on websites and I was the only one that emailed them back. Now, I travel a lot and many times I'm closed on the weekend, so I can't pick up every phone call. So many times things go to voicemail for me, but I always have a phone number available and I always let clients know that they can follow up with an email. Let's go back to that contact page. Whether you're a photographer, or a business owner, whoever you are, if I go to that contact page, do you have the location, a phone number, and an email, not just a contact form? I'll tell you why. Now you may say, well, Anna, it's a home business. I don't want my home address. I don't want people coming to my home. I get that. But sometimes it's just even the town. We're a global society and that you have to understand if somebody is searching for whatever, newborn photography or fabric upholstery, they could pull up somebody in the UK. And if you don't have anything but a contact number, how do you even know? Now, I have my address, my phone number, and my email, all of my social pages, everywhere you can find me. You could just Google my name and you will find me. And yet, I still, almost every single day, there's a comment on my Facebook page asking where I'm located. Every single day. And if you go to the Facebook page, it says, Tustin, California. It even has the address. My pricing, my pricing is on my website. Do you know that I get DMs every single day on Instagram of somebody asking me my pricing? Every single day. Even though I'll post pricings on my website, I'll post send me an email for booking, I'll post located at 145 East Main Street in Tustin, California. I still get asked those questions every single day. Now imagine if you don't have that information, you're probably getting overwhelmed with DMs and emails, and there's, you're probably losing a ton of clients that don't even know who you are or where you are. If I go to someone's website and all there is is a contact form and there's not an email or a telephone number, I get super annoyed. How do I even know when they're going to respond to that contact form? Could be five days, seven days, 10 days. It drives me absolutely out of my mind because many times with those contact forms, it is up to a week before they even respond. Every blue moon, the vendor will respond immediately in which I get super excited. Now, I shoot eight to 10 hours a day. During the holiday season, I could be shooting 12 hours a day. I'm not on email all the time and nobody responds to my email. I am responsible for 10 different email accounts myself that nobody else responds to. So I can't respond immediately. Sometimes it may take me a day or two and I don't have an auto responder on Although many people do have autoresponders on, and those can become very popular, and they're very good so that people can understand the expectation. From time to time, I will put one on, but even then, I may not be able to get back immediately. My clients know that they can call me and they can email me, and usually one of those methods will work. I'm not a huge fan of DM because I can't go into DMs all the time. And so I try to get to them once a day, I will check them, but I don't check them very often. And clients should know that if they really want to book me, they can usually call or email and I'll get back to them. So I want you to take a look at your contact page. I have many potential clients tell me that they'll go to a photographer's website, they'll go to the contact page, and they they don't see a method to communicate besides a form, and they get very turned off and they get very turned away. So if this is you, regardless of what our business you have, you may be turning away customers. Okay, another thing that can help with client expectations and management is a prep guide. Now, I'm in the photography business, so there are things that clients need to know before coming in for their session, especially with newborns, which is my specialty. When do they feed the baby? What do they bring? You know, what do they pack? What do they wear? Do they come early? Do they come on time? Where do they park? How long is the session going to take? What if their baby's fussy? What if their baby has jaundice? The list goes on and on and on. What I did a while ago was I created a frequently asked questions page on my website. This is something I think all businesses should have. Every time you have a question that's being asked more than once, more than twice, more than three times, sit down and start writing down those questions and create your own frequently asked questions page. I promise you those that are doing their research and taking the time to understand what they need to know before a session will read it. I know because I have clients come in and tell me they read my client prep guide, they read the frequently asked questions, and they are prepared. Now, I do have a physical client prep guide and also in PDF form. We also have a page on my website that has a link to this and prepares my client. We also have this client prep guide in my membership site at members.annabrandt.com for photographers. And we also have it in my education site at bellybabyschool.com. So, not only do I have it for my existing clients, I have it as a resource for photographers to use and borrow for their own clients. With that being said, still many times the night before, the client will say, What do I need to know about my session tomorrow? I will briefly write out an email that I already have as a template, reminding them of the important things they need to know about. I have them feed baby upon arrival. They can park in front of my studio. We have everything they need for the baby. They don't need to pack anything, they should pack extra bottles and maybe a pacifier, but I do keep pacifiers here. I do keep diapers here. We keep all sorts of things here. I mean, you could literally just show up with your baby and we'll take care of the rest, but not all photographers are like that. And I know because I've traveled all over the world and I get to photographers' studios and they don't have spare diapers and they don't have new pacifiers and they don't have changing pads or even changing tables. And they may only have two outfits and they don't have a hundred. So every single photographer, you need to let your client know what you have, what you can provide and what they can bring. If your business is not photography, if I'm coming to you for, I don't know, tailoring, what do you need to know? I, I want to know how long is the tailoring going to take? Am I going to wait for the tailoring? Am I going to pick it up? Is it going to take three to five days? Is it going to be overnight? What's the range of pricing of the tailoring? You know, when it comes to getting a haircut, how long am I going to stay there? Do I bring samples of inspiration? How much am I going to pay for a haircut? What if I want layers? What if I want to dye my hair? How far in advance do I need to book a haircut? Every single business has things that the clients need to know. Therefore, every single business should have some type of their own version of client prep, client FAQ, frequently asked questions, something so that when the client comes, they are prepared. Then also be prepared for those people at the last minute wanting to know what they need for the next day and have your templates ready. Anytime you write the same email more than once, what you should do is just create a copy of that email. You know what I'm talking about. The emails that you get over and over again with the same questions over and over again. If you're not gonna do a frequently asked questions, at the very least, write down some automated responses that you can just copy and paste. Put them in notes, put them in a pages document or put them somewhere so that when the client emails you, you can copy and paste some of that information. Always double check it to make sure that the email or the template or the response is appropriate to the questions being asked. Now, if you have an assistant that can handle all this, fantastic. For many years, I did. I had an assistant for 10 solid years and it's been a while since she's worked for me and I've tried to replace her numerous times. So many times I need to make sure that whether I have an assistant or not, all of this information is readily available for my clients. Now, you want to make sure that your communication with your clients is available, whether it's email, whether it's texting, whether it's voicemail, the voicemail, whatever it is, a printed guide, a PDF guide, take the time. You know, we're going into a new year, we're going into 2022. Take the time to go back and look at all your processes. Look at what worked last year, what didn't work, what you need to change. And now is a perfect time to make the change. Stick with your timelines. Let your clients know what the expectations are. How long is the session going to be? When will they see the images? How long will it take once they see the images? How long will their order take? Will you mail it? Will they pick it up? What is the delivery method? And whatever business you have, you basically want to think about your entire client process workflow. So for me, it's camera to client. What happens the minute I put that memory card in the camera to when that client walks out the door to the final execution and delivery of the finished product. You should sit down with a notebook and write down your client workflow, your client life cycle, and then make sure that you know the steps that it takes from camera to the end production cycle and make sure that all of the steps are communicated with your client. The more you prepare them, I promise you the easier it will be and hopefully you'll have lifelong clients that continue to come to you again and again. The last couple of topics that I'm going to talk about is make sure that you have a contract. Whether you have it online or in person, you should have a contract that spells out the written information about the payment being handled. And anything that you need to talk about, whether it's copyright, whether it's a release of images, whether it's a commercial or a standard portrait session or whatever business you're in, contracts are really important. Make sure your client reads the contract and that they sign it so that you can have it on file and reference it later if you need it. If you're gonna take any type of money for any type of business or transaction, you need to have some kind of written confirmation contract so that it's validated between both parties and the level of understanding is there. Last but not least, what do you do with your images? So I'm gonna talk photographer to photographer right now. When I started, it was film and then I went into digital. So I have 22 years of image making for my clients. Now, I have another 10 years before that as an amateur, but I didn't take payment for any of my amateur work. So I wasn't legally bound to keep or store anything. But let's talk about the professional business. I see on social media, photographers wanting to delete client's images all the time. Not only wanting to delete them, actually deleting them or threatening to delete them if the client doesn't choose or pay for their images. You know, from a human being standpoint, I've never felt the need to delete any of my client's images or negatives. I have a whole storage unit of negatives going back over 20 years. I do say to my clients that we keep them 30 to 45 days, depending on a digital disaster. What does that mean? Let's say this mysterious cloud that really no one knows what that is blows up and just vanishes, and every single hard drive I have just blows up, and my studio turns into this fire. God forbid, knock on wood, something. Let's say something super terrible happens and I've lost everything. Legally, I tell my clients contractually, I say that I usually have them. 45 days at least. But what if something happens in 10 days? You know, so you've got to just be prepared. Uh, I do say that I store them, but I don't promise. And I do have clients that come to me 10 years later and say, Oh, I came to you 10 years ago. Do you still have those negatives? And I'll say, You know what? I'll go to storage and see if they're there. They should be there, but they may not be there. I think there's only been one or two times in my entire career that I couldn't find something where a client came back 10 years later. Um, now, things happen along the way. Deaths happen, you know, all sorts of things. If you follow me at all, you know that I recently lost my mother this past fall. And so, you know, my siblings are all looking at photos going back, gosh, 50, 60 years. And the printed photo is so important. A couple podcasts ago, I talk about how important the printed photo is. Super, super important. But also, I think what's important is the photographer honoring the job that they have. And I think it should be just something that you keep as long as you humanly possibly can. I back up my files three different ways. I have them on portable solid state drives. We have them on a cloud. We have them in two other drives, and I still have many memory cards. And it takes a lot for me to actually format a memory card. That That memory card is not going to be formatted unless that client's images are stored somewhere at least three different times. And even then I kind of panic and hold my breath and I own hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of memory cards. Now things happen. We know that, but I really don't think as a photographer, you should get in the habit of deleting images or formatting cards so quickly. What if, what if that baby that you photographed is a president of the United States one day? What if... That baby that you're photographing passes on a little earlier than should be expected. What if your family that you're photographed, you're the only photographer that ever photographed them and they couldn't afford the images at that time, but 10 years later they can and they want to preserve memories and frame them? It does happen. I have people that come five, six, seven years later that say they couldn't afford photos at the time, but they want to come back and buy them. What if, fill in the blank, You are a visual historian. You are somebody that is literally capturing someone's stories of their life. Let's not be so quick to throw them in the recycle bin. Think twice, back them up, store them, do whatever you can, archive them. If you have negatives, put them in a safe place. This is someone's life that you're capturing. I take that with great responsibility and care, and I do everything I can to preserve that. At the end of the day, we can't make sure that every expectation we have as a business owner, as a mother, sister, photographer, wife, who fill in the blank, is met all the time. We're living on earth and this is not a perfect world. But if we can just take the time every once in a while, once a week, once a month, sit back on your own business and reflect, write what went wrong during the month. What went right? What can you fix upon next time? What can you make better? What can you do differently? We are in a constant stage of growth, right? We are growing all the time, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. And to me, as a human being, we should try to do things better tomorrow and make them a little bit better than yesterday, right? We're not perfect, but we can keep striving to grow, create, and perfect our processes along the way. If we do that, I truly believe that you'll have clients for life that are willing to grow along with you. My name is Anna Brandt. Thank you for listening. Did you like this podcast? We would love it if you gave my mom a kind review and reach out to her. To learn more about Anna, visit AnnaBrandt.com. You can find out about her education opportunities at anabranteducation.com.